Good morning and welcome. Uh, I want to welcome you to this online service of ours. Um, at the moment, we are still in a lockdown situation as I record. And uh, so uh, we want to greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus, even though you're sitting in your living rooms. Uh, why don't you just give a high five to the people that you are with this morning. This morning, we're going to do a number of things. We've, uh, we've had some people uh, share with us uh, via video, uh, share with us some prophetic encouragements, some, some prayers that people have, have prayed for us. Uh, we're going to share some of those things with you now and want to encourage you to join in with us to, to stop the service at any stage. And if someone has asked for prayer, to, to pause the video and to, to pray for them. We're going to pray for a number of situations. I want to encourage you to pause the, pause the video Pray for those situations. We're going to hear some encouragement uh, and exhortation, both from Rob and from Tom. I want to encourage you to really chew on those, to, to take the time to, to think those through. And uh, after the service, as we've done each week, we'll, we'll share with you uh, some links to some worship songs. Oh, how we long to worship again uh, in our building together. Uh, we don't know what's coming up in, in, in the following weeks, but... Uh, We'll stay in touch with you. We want to encourage you to stay in touch with us. And we'll let you know as, as the situation in South Africa develops, we'll keep communicating with you. Thank you so much uh, for those of you who've been continuing to, to give faithfully. Thank you for, uh, for that and for enabling us as a, as a staff to respond and as a church to respond uh, to needs that we have. Thank you for all the people who've given to the Care Fund. So good to be able to support people in our own church uh, with our own finances. So we really bless you uh, for that and, uh, and thank you once again for your generosity at this time. So let's take some time now just to hear some encouragement, uh, both from Rob and from Tom. Good day, Rokura Church. You know, as I was just praying and thinking about the words that I can encourage you with, uh, I came across Second um, Chronicles chapter 20, this passage of scripture is talking about uh, Jehoshaphat who received the message about the great multitude of army that was coming upon him and, and this nation. And obviously Jehoshaphat is a man like you and me, he was afraid. But he didn't just end it. He turned his face towards the Lord. And he also encouraged all the people of Judah to seek the Lord and fast and pray. And they prayed this kind of prayer. Oh, our God, will you not execute judgment upon our enemy? Will you not execute judgment upon this COVID-19? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming upon us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So as the families coming together, like we do under this lockdown in our different homes and pray, the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came upon Jahaziel. And this is what God said to them. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed for this great horde. For the battle is not yours. The battle is mine, says the Lord. You will not need to fight this battle, but stand firm and hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord that he's going to fight on your behalf. Talking about holding your position, what kind of position they will have to hold. The Bible says the position that they will have to hold is to believe the Lord and worship him. They started worshiping and say, as they were singing, they said, thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love and joy is forever. 
you know, when they began to worship God, when they began to sing, the Bible tells us that their enemies started to fight with one another because the Lord set an ambush against their enemies and he destroyed all of them. I want to encourage you with this few things this morning that when you feel afraid, when the fear overwhelms you, you need to turn to the Lord. As a nation, we need to turn to the Lord. As a record church, it's time to turn to the Lord and worship Him and pray and acknowledge our weakness and receive His great power upon our lives and trust God that He's going to fight for us all these battles that we're facing. He's going to fight for us over this COVID-19. He's going to fight for us even in this time where our economy is very weak, but God is going to fight for us. And we need to believe his words and we need to stay in worship. Turn that volume up. Worship God. Give your life to him. He's worthy of all the praise. Amen. Good morning, everyone. I wanted very quickly just to share a prophetic encouragement that I had in last week's prayer meeting. Last week Sunday, while we were all WhatsApping each other, I felt taken to Daniel chapter three and to the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They say a very famous phrase as they are looking over the fiery furnace. They say that God is able to save them from anything. God will save them from anything. And even if God chooses not to save them in the moment, we will continue praising the Lord. That's what they say. And I was struck by the level of faith that they had. And I was struck by how confident they were in such difficult and trying situations. It felt like in that moment, they couldn't lose no matter what happened. And whatever God did, they decided to trust in Him in their situation. They decided that their level of faith would be based in God and in who He is. And so they were able to praise Him no matter what was going on around them. I'm amazed at the faith that we can hold in Jesus Christ and in the God in these really difficult and trying times is an inconquerable faith. Anything can happen and God still wins. We can't lose. We have an indomitable faith. We have a faith where we get to join just like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, peering over the fiery furnace saying, death, where is your sting? The very worst that can happen to us is that we join up with our father Yet we believe that God is able to save us from this moment. He's able and he will do this. We are able to believe and also to join in with the psalmist in Psalm 57 when he says twice in one verse, so our hearts will be confident, so my heart will be confident. I will continue praising the Lord. We are called to be a people of a defiant countercultural faith, a faith that doesn't make sense considering our situations, but makes sense when we consider our God and the source of all our faith and confidence that rests in Him. We're going to have one or two people share with us now on video, calling us to pray for certain people and situations. I encourage you to take the time now, pause the video once you've heard them, and then pray for them. I greet you all in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm Julani, uh, at Rick Road, and this is my wife, Puku. Hello, guys. I just want to thank you for this time that we have just to ask you guys to help us in prayer for these two items. The first one for for us personally and the second one which is will take by my wife for a church for us personally we like you guys to pray for us 
uh, for to be rooted in Christ, especially this moment where we we we, we not uh, meet as normal as no, as we used to to do, uh, just to more uh, to be people who are more loving Christ at this time of of uh, of 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 where we have locked down or COVID nineteen, but we want to be those people who are. Who, who, who are the people who seek us to, to us at this moment? Uh, yeah, so from my wife, she can take for fresh churches as well. Uh, guys, uh, we would also like to ask you to pray for these following uh, items uh, for the church. Mm. Uh, we would like you guys to pray for <coughs> us that each and every member of mm. uh, Record Infracom mm. to stand firm in knowing Jesus Christ mm. as our Lord and Savior, not to get tired of reading the Word of God because mm. the Word of God is like a compass that shows mm. us the way to our God the Father. Mm. Uh, and also, we would like you guys to pray for us for our church building. Mm. We do have a uh, very beautiful church building but it's not yet complete so we would like you guys to pray for us for a generosity to anyone again mm. so that we will finish our building as you know that the winter is approaching mm. and yeah we've got a very beautiful site and uh, we used to experience so much wind there yeah that's all mm. thank you guys okay thank you so much hello reconciliation road church and other prayer supporters I'm Heather Liebenberg, and I just want to greet you in the beautiful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you on behalf of Seed of Hope for standing with us in prayer during this difficult time of lockdown. And we appreciate all of your prayers for our health and safety, and also for the health of the community. Um, especially for the Go-Go's, they are just so vulnerable and they carry so much weight in raising families in the community. We just ask that you could cover them, that would be wonderful. And we've had quite a few requests for food support already. And so if you could pray as we put together care packages and raise funds for them and distribute them wisely to the community, um, that would be great. We're also busy trying to find ways to connect during this time of having people sewing masks at home, um, connecting with teachers and parents and other beneficiaries via WhatsApp groups, and just really deepening those relationships during this time. We have had a break-in on the property. Not many people are there at the moment, and fortunately nothing was stolen, but we would really appreciate it if you could just cover the property with your prayers as well. And finally, I just want to say thank you for praying for us. We have a wonderful new CEO, Landiwe Meza. Um, she's just fantastic, so we're praising God for her. So thank you very much, and God bless you. I want to also encourage you on the topic of prayer. If you're one of the men in our church, why don't you join us on Wednesday mornings? We've been having some fantastic times on WhatsApp praying together. Join us on Thursday night uh, using the platform of Zoom uh, from 6 to 7. Or join us on a Sunday morning again using WhatsApp when we open up our normal WhatsApp group for one hour just to pray together. I want to encourage you to really join us with that. Get with your community group. Make sure you're in touch with one another stay safe enjoy the service uh, we're going to open god's word together now last week in our online service sandra shared a life story her testimony of god's carrying her through um, her season of struggling against cancer and she shared a, a verse with us at the end of her story that just really resonated with me and has captivated me and I've been chewing on it for this week. And so I decided today for us to come back to that scripture. I want to speak today uh, under the following heading, under this question. How now shall we live? How ought we to live at this time? And I want to take uh, this passage of scripture that Sandra shared one verse from. I want to take this passage as our jump off point. Let's pray together and ask God to speak to you through this passage. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you that your word is powerful, that it's effective, that it shapes our thinking, that it directs our paths and instructs our hearts and our heads. And so Lord, we say, Lord, would you move and would you speak to us today? 
We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the scripture is 1 Peter chapter 5 from verses 6 to 11, which says the following. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you, to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. What a great passage of scripture. I want us to take six points from this passage of scripture today. And the first one, not in the order that it comes in the passage, is really from verse 9. We really are living through what is a worldwide phenomenon and we have a worldwide family. Verse 9 says, uh, Peter writes to them saying, Knowing that the same kinds of suffering, the type of suffering you're facing, that same kind of suffering is being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. You know, if you think about world history, uh, there are not many moments in history that catch up the whole world in a common experience, in a shared moment. And if you ever do live through a moment like that, you will tend to have vivid memories from that moment. Such moments are historic. They imprinted in our individual and our corporate or our collective memories. And if you think about them, there have been a couple of moments like this. I think of the two world wars in the 1900s. Anyone, I wasn't around, but anyone who lived through those periods will have very vivid memories from that time. It, 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 it caught the whole world up, as it were. Uh, you could think of the, the landing of, the, of the, the rocket and then the spaceship from the Apollo 11 mission. And when they landed on the moon on the 24th of July in 1969, it kind of captured the world and people will remember where they were when they were listening to the radio or maybe watching on TV. Think of uh, the 27th of April in 1994, South Africa's first democratic elections. Uh, I voted in those elections. I don't know whether you voted. Maybe you've got memories of that day. There's images from that day that still evoke memories of that day. Or maybe it's the attack on the World Trade Towers in, uh, in, uh, on the 11th of September in 2001. I remember exactly where my car was when I was listening to the radio. And I remember phoning Nadine. Maybe you remember that day. Or, or maybe it's the year that Liverpool should have won the Premier League, but still didn't win the Premier League uh, trophy. Or maybe it's 2020 and the coronavirus, a world moment. We really are living in a historic moment. We will remember things from this time. This is a unique moment. And in our passage today, Peter is encouraging these believers who are going through suffering and through an experience and saying to them that their experience isn't unique, but it's a shared experience. It's shared by believers elsewhere in the world. And you know, there's something comforting in knowing that what we're going through is not just our experience, but is shared by others. I was so encouraged just this week by a very little book, just a hundred odd pages, written by John Piper, now in March 2020, in response to the coronavirus. And as he thought through and processed uh, this moment in history and what he should say as a church leader and as a, a writer, um, as I read his book, I, I felt such a resonance because I felt like the things he's thinking through are the things I've had to think through. I think it's remarkable that uh, people all around the world at this present time, brothers and sisters in Christ, are having to think through the very same things, are having to work out their faith, answer questions of faith at the same time with the same thing. So often, uh, 
something that's happening in one nation is not happening in another nation, but we really are in a worldwide moment. Just uh, this uh, past two weeks, I was in a, a prayer meeting on, on Zoom uh, with people from Nepal and people from Canada and people from Mexico and people, well, I was from South Africa and some from Europe, all together, all praying about, all facing the same issues. Just last week, it was such a joy to have advanced church leaders from all around the world uh, giving us words of encouragement, praying for us, calling us to pray for them. We really are in a historic moment, but we're not alone in it. And although knowing that there's others who are going through the same things that we're going through with the same questions, although that doesn't change our personal circumstances or it doesn't change our local challenges, it does help us to know that we're not alone. And so as believers, it is so good at a time like this to know that we are part of the biggest family on the planet. We belong to God's family, that every single person who's put their faith in Jesus has been wrapped up and brought into this wonderful unity of knowing that they are the children of God. Brothers and sisters, that's so good for us to know that we are part of a great family at this very challenging time that we part of this global family that all finds our faith in Jesus Christ and all calls God Father. Secondly, from this passage from verse 6, we can ask the question, so in this moment that we're living in, how should we respond? What should our response be as Christ followers, as believers in Jesus, what is appropriate for us? And verse 6 gives us great instruction in this. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. You know, when life feels scary and it feels out of control, uh, whether it's at the present through health risks or the corresponding socioeconomic risks uh, uh, that have, uh, have been coming out of this pandemic, it's easy to have the wrong posture or the wrong life attitude. You know, as humans, it's well known, it's well documented that as humans, we have what has been described as a fight or flight response to really stressful situations. It's, it's kind of inbuilt into us. And so there are two strategies in this response. You can either you can either flight, you can try and get away from the challenge or the risk or the, the danger. You could try and run, get out of there, or you can fight. You can rise up and respond to it. And uh, a surge of adrenaline uh, will cause you to, to, to rise to the challenge. You know, I know that in my own life uh, that I tend not to run, but to stand up and fight. And so I engage stress with a fight response. And... Um, this doesn't even work. This doesn't always work out that well, uh, because sometimes even for a menial stressful situation, just a small thing, sometimes my communication can get sharp, can get short, can get combative even just because of a small stress situation. In a stressful time like the threat of this pandemic, the threat that is real, that is presenting itself towards all of us, if we're unguarded, we can have a type of fight or flight response. The problem with this virus is it's very difficult to get away from it. The, the flight response, although you can go locked down into your home, you can't stay there forever. And so the flight response doesn't really work. And so there can be a fight response in us almost towards God. You see, when we're not in control, when we feel like we've lost control or we're not in control, quite often the response is a fight response. And if we're not careful, if we're in an unguarded moment, we can, we can feel like there's no sense of control in this. And so we can get a bit of a fight response even towards God. Almost calling God to account for the situation we find ourselves in or that we see others in or we see our world in. Asking, God, why is this happening? This wasn't my plan for 2020. I don't like this. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel secure. I don't feel... At peace, I feel anxiety, I feel stress. Or maybe for you, it's I'm hungry, I'm sick, I've lost my job. I'm grieving maybe even the loss of life of someone that I know and love. 
However, this passage teaches us to do something entirely different to fighting God. This passage says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Friends, coronavirus is really humbling, isn't it? We don't look confident, we don't look clever, we don't look secure in the face of this virus, this pandemic. But maybe the coronavirus could have a silver lining to it. Maybe there is a silver lining to it because maybe through this humbling pandemic, people might humble themselves before Almighty God. If you think about it, there are millions of people on the planet who live every day as though God is not God and as if he is not their rightful King and Lord and Savior. They live in daily defiance or neglect of God as if he didn't exist and as if he had no call or right to speak into their lives. So one way of understanding this pandemic is to see the virus as almost like a loud thunderclap from God, calling us, getting our attention and calling us to repent and to realign our lives to the infinite worth of Jesus Christ, who's largely been ignored daily by so many. Now you might push back and you might say, hey, well, wait, wait a minute. The coronavirus is not a call from God to repentance for people to put their faith in Jesus Christ. It's a medical crisis and it's a resultant socio-economic and political crisis. That's what this is. And I can say to you, well, yes, but who is sovereign over all things according to Scripture? Who controls all things? Who does Scripture attribute all things to? Ephesians chapter 1 Verse 11 says the following thing, kind of phrased as a question, you could read this in the following way. Who works all things according to the counsel of his will? Who works all things according to the counsel of his will? Who does that? God does. God is the one who works all things in accordance with the counsel of his will. Brothers and sisters, Worldwide pandemics fit into the category, all things. In fact, all things fit into the category, all things. And so, if God is sovereign, which scripture says clearly he is, then it is appropriate for us to humble ourselves under his mighty hand, who we believe and scripture declares controls all things. It's right. It's appropriate. It's appropriate for us to have that attitude. To not have a fight attitude, but to have a, Lord, I humble myself under your mighty hand. It's also appropriate for us to call people everywhere to humble themselves as well. To call those who act as though God doesn't exist, to call them in this moment to humble themselves under God's mighty hand. Because under the mighty hand of God, he is somehow working, even through this pandemic, he is somehow working to accomplished to to bring into line all things in accordance with the working of his will and what is his will well verse 12 of ephesians chapter 1 tells us that god's will is to work all things to the praise of his glory that is what everything on the planet is working towards under the mighty hand of god's control what is not appropriate is for us to fight God and to question God. What is appropriate is to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, even when, and especially when, we can't understand life circumstances, life circumstances and situations. You know, in Luke 13, verses 1 to 5, there's a moment in Luke 13 where some people come to Jesus and a terrible thing has happened. Uh, uh, there's been like a persecution that's happened. You can go and read it. And, and, and they come to Jesus and they ask him a question. And essentially, the question that they're asking is, why did these people suffer in this terrible way? Why did they suffer like this? And Jesus' response is not what we might expect. Jesus says this. This is Luke 13, chapter 1. 
Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners? Did this happen to them because they were worse sinners than all the other Galileans? Because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will likewise perish. And then he goes on to say, Or those 18 whom the Tower of Siloam fell on, it was an accident, and it killed them. Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? Again, Jesus says, no, I tell you, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. The crowds want to know from Jesus, what is the meaning of what is happening? What, there's been this, this, this accident, there's been this suffering. What is the meaning of that? And Jesus' response isn't what they were expecting. He says, repent yourself. They ask the question, why? And Jesus says, repent yourself. Jesus tells them, be in a right position. You and God, be in a right position with God. Repentable wrong. Trust in God. Trust in me. Jesus is saying to them that the, 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 big, the big idea is not working out why did what happened happen to them. That's not the most important thing. The big idea is what will happen to you if you don't repent. Brothers and sisters, we can waste a lot of time asking the question, why God, in moments like this? This global pandemic takes away our freedom, takes away our freedom of movement, takes away business activity, takes away face-to-face -face relations, it takes away our security and our comfort, and it might even take away your life or my life or the lives of those that we love. But let's not fight asking God why. Rather, let us listen to the advice of Jesus and let us humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and let us repent and make sure that we are right before God because we've asked Jesus to forgive us of our sins. That's what we ought to do in a crisis. Elsewhere in the New Testament, also dealing with real suffering, Paul writes to the Corinthians of some terrible things that happened to him. And, and as he's processing those terrible things, he writes the following. He says, we think you ought to know, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble that we went through in the province of Asia. And then later on he says, but as a result, as a result of that trouble, that trouble had a result. We stopped relying on ourselves and we learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. There is a strong message from God to all people through the coronavirus crisis that we're going through. And the message from God is stop relying on yourselves and turn to God. Humble yourself and trust God. Paul even says that if you think about it, he, he couldn't have even stopped death, but God can raise us from the dead. Friends, you and I can't stop the fact of whether we will or won't die during this crisis or whether someone we love will or won't die. We, we've got no power over that. But what we can do is humble ourselves under the mighty hand of the one who has the power over life and death and who can even raise the dead. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Thirdly, we can ask the question, what is our confidence? And we get this from verses 6 and 7 in the passage. So verse 6 says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. There's the, the power and the sovereignty of God. And then verse 7 says, because he cares for you. You know, one motivation to humble yourself, which we've just looked at, is to humble ourselves because of reverence for God, fear for God, because of his mighty power and his sovereignty. That's verse 6. But the other motivation for humbling yourself is in verse 7. It's humble yourself because God moves that mighty hand for those that he loves, because he cares for you. The very same power that causes us to bow our knees in worship to God, who is over the coronavirus and over all world events, that very same power of God that we humble ourselves before 
is the very same power that is good news for us who put our faith in Jesus because God uses all that power for our benefit because he loves us and he cares for us. And so we can, as Paul wrote to the Romans in Romans 8 verses 38 and 39, we can face life or death. We can face sickness or health. We can face all things with confidence knowing that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. For those of us who've put our faith in Jesus, there is nothing that can separate us. And so this mighty right hand, that uh, the sovereign hand that we humble ourselves through out of reverence, is also the, the, the mighty right hand that we gladly humble ourselves because we know God uses that power for our good because He loves us when we've put our faith in Jesus. And so whether you contract COVID-19 or not this year or at some stage in the future, whether you live or whether you die, you can be secure, you can be unshaken, you can be unafraid knowing God cares for you if you've put your faith in Jesus and that God loves you eternally and that cannot be taken from you. John Piper writes and says, The good news is that nothing surprises God. Nothing confuses Him or baffles Him. His infinite power rests in the hands of His infinite holiness and righteousness and goodness and wisdom. And all of that stands in the service of those who trust in His Son, Jesus Christ. All of the magnitude and the magnificence of the sovereignty of God works for you and I if we've put our faith in Jesus. What a glorious confidence we can have. We can humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God because He cares for us. The fourth point in our passage is from verse 8. There's an instruction, there's a, there's a command, there's an encouragement to be wise, to live wisely. You know, the glorious confidence that we have because we know God is sovereign and because we know that He cares for us, it doesn't lead us as believers to a dangerous, uh, fatalistic thinking of, of just thinking, well, whatever happened will happen because, well, God is sovereign and, and so I, I don't really need to... To, to take any decisive action. No, no, no. The Bible doesn't teach us to live like that. The glorious confidence that we have also doesn't cause us to, to live in a way that's unwise when it comes to our health. You know, as we go into a, a, a phase where the lockdown is going to be released, hopefully, in the week to come, we need to be wise. We need to take precautions for our own safety and for the safety of others. Scripture doesn't urge us to, to, to live in a way that uh, the glorious confidence that we have leads us to a, a lax way of thinking or a lazy way of thinking. No, quite the contrary. Scripture urges us in verse 8, Be sober-minded and watchful. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Why? Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I want to encourage you as we do go into a relaxed or more relaxed season of this lockdown phase in South Africa. I want to encourage you to remember that we have an enemy prowling around. And it's not just COVID-19, this unseen enemy that can be lying on any surface and you really need to pay attention to, to cleanliness and be disciplined. No, our enemy is the devil himself. And so we need to be watchful and wise always. That's the Christian life gloriously confident, secure in knowing that God is sovereign, that He cares for us, and being watchful and wise, because we really do have an enemy, and his name is the devil. You know, when I think of wisdom and the devil, I think the best advice I could ever give would be, don't think too much of the devil, and don't think too little of him. Don't think too much of him that you get fascinated with him. Be more impressed with Jesus, but also don't not think about him and his tactics. The Bible tells us to not be unaware of the devil's schemes, but to be aware of him. 
when I think of this topic of wisdom, there's another book in the Bible in the New Testament, the book of James, James chapter 4, which I feel really does instruct us on how to live. And it comes back to this theme of humility that we've already touched on. James chapter 4 verse 13 to 15 says the following. Come now you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a town and spend a year there in trade and make profit. How many people uh, didn't have plans for 2020 that were totally scuppered? Yet verse 14 says, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or do that. We really don't know what will happen in the future, do we? And so let's live in the days ahead with a new humility before the Almighty God. That is wisdom. Not in some God-forgetting, God-ignoring way of living. Not going back to old patterns that maybe have been shaken through this time and going back to them. But rather speaking and living as if every single breath, every hour and every day is a gift from Almighty God to us. A precious gift. If the Lord wills, I'll live. And I'll do this or I'll do that because the Lord wills it. Friend, I want to encourage you to live in this way because living in this way is not just wise, but it honors God. More than that, it turns every day into a precious gift from God that can be used by you to glorify God with and to bless other people. I want to encourage you to live in that way in the days ahead. Fifthly, from our passage in verse 10, we can say that this current season that we're in, this, this challenging situation we're in, this will pass. This season will pass. And it will be replaced by hope. The Lord who allowed this virus to spread over the whole world will also end it when it is his time. Verse 10 says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, he will himself, he will himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you. Friends, this pandemic will pass. The long night will be replaced by bright sunshine and day. Our passage says, after you've suffered a little while, then suffering pain will be replaced Suffering and pain in this life is always temporary. Even if it ends in death. For the believer in Jesus, suffering and pain is always for a little while. It is always temporary. Even if it ends in death. Because even if it ends in the death of this life. Even our death as believers is not terminal, it's not the end, but rather it is a transition to eternal life with God in glory. Which this passage says is what God has called us to, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Friends, the best of this life is just the least of the life to come. It's been said that this life is like a dress rehearsal for the main event. So friends, even if your life does end in death now, that end in death is not, it's just little while, because it is then compared to your transition to eternity. It is temporal, it is not terminal. It is a transition, it is not the end. This passage says, it affirms, whether in this life or in eternity, 
God will restore us. God will confirm our calling. God will strengthen us. God will firmly establish us, whether that's in this life or in eternity. So whether we live or whether we die, Jesus Christ is our hope. Hallelujah. As believers in Jesus, we don't have to doggedly hold on to grasping to this life like it's all that there is. No. This life, although it's a gift, is more like the dress rehearsal of the real life that is to come in eternity with God. And so you don't have to be afraid of anything if you put your faith in Jesus. Because this hope is true for a person who's put their faith in Jesus. That this suffering that is for a little while will be replaced by a hope and a life that is eternal with Christ forever. Amen. And lastly, from our passage from verse 11, we can exclaim, we can proclaim, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. Verse 11 says, To Him, that's to God, be dominion forever and ever. Amen. To Him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. Friends, we looked at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11. And we now can add verse 12 that we know that God works all things. God works all things in accordance, in line with the purpose of his will. Which verse 12 of Ephesians tells us, chapter 1, is the praise of his glory. That is what God is doing even through this coronavirus. So even though we don't understand, even though there are many things we don't understand, many things we can't understand. Many things we can't know. What we can know is that God is working through all these things. God is working in all these things. He's working even in the coronavirus pandemic to glorify His great name. That is what God is doing on planet Earth. You might not see it yet, but God will be glorified even in this crisis. And I found myself praying like that and then along those lines more and more over these last few days. I feel like I want to pray more and more for revival to come, for a, a revival of hearts to, to faith in the name of Jesus Christ. May we pray that through the midst of this, this turmoil and this troubling time and the suffering that people are facing all around the world, that Thousands and thousands and thousands and millions of people would come to faith in Jesus Christ. God is working all things according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious great name. I want to encourage you to join with me in praying for that. Praying that countless thousands would come to know and love Jesus in these dark days. And for those of us who really know God, may we find comfort knowing that even in these dark days, knowing that we are loved. And may we say, as Martha Snell Nicholson wrote, she wrote this poem and at the end of this poem, it says this, I learned that he never gives a thorn. There's, there's never a hard thing that comes in our lives. He never gives a thorn without his added grace. God always adds grace. If there's a hard thing, there's also grace for that hard thing. I learned he never gives a thorn without this added grace. And he takes the thorn to pin aside the veil which hides his face. What a beautiful picture that God would take a thorn, a hard thing, a difficult thing, a painful thing, a, a thing of suffering. God would take a thorn, uh, that which uh, Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 12, uh, verses 9 and 10, or 9 to 12. Uh, God takes a, a difficult thing, a thorn, this thing that's, that's caused pain and questions and suffering. And God takes that thing and he, he takes the veil that's obscured our view of God. And he takes the pain and he pins the veil so that in the midst of pain 
and suffering and times full of questions, we actually have a more clear, a better perspective, a revelation of who God really is. May God show us His glory during this time. Amen. Let me pray for you as we bring our time of looking at God's word to a close. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is incisive. Lord, it, it cuts right into the very depths of our hearts. Thank you that your word guides us and instructs us. And Lord, I pray that as as we have been meditating on your word and sitting under your word, Lord, I pray that your word would, would guide us and instruct us. I want to pray, Lord God, that, Lord, we would not fight you at this time, but that we would humble ourselves under your mighty hand, that we would find great comfort. Lord, I want to pray those who are, who are worrying and stressing, Lord, about something, Lord, that they their sense of not being in control, Lord God, Lord, that they would take that and give it to you and that they would see your mighty right hand and they would know, Lord, that your, the fullness of your power and your sovereignty is working for those whom you love, that we can easily humble ourselves under your mighty hand because you care for us. Lord, I really pray that at this time, that people would be awakened to a radical faith in you, Jesus. That we would, we would walk with humility. We wouldn't walk in arrogance and, and, and as if you don't exist. But that, Lord, we would, we would humble ourselves before you. We would accept every day that you give us as a grace gift. And that we would give it back to you, doing the most that we could do with the time that you give us. Lord, we thank you that no matter what we face, it's considered in Scripture to be a short time, a little time, and that it will be replaced. There will be another season. And so, Lord, we thank you that this coronavirus pandemic, it will come to an end. And we pray, Lord God, that, Lord, when your purposes are fulfilled in it, Lord, we know it will come to an end. And so we pray, Lord God, Lord, that not only would suffering be minimized, but Lord, we pray that your purposes in glorifying your great name and calling people to bow the knee to you, Lord, that your purposes would succeed. We thank you that they will. We thank you, Lord God, that this dark night, Lord, that even our lives that are filled with suffering, that that suffering will be replaced by an eternal glory that you've called us to. Lord, thank you for the glorious hope that we have in you, Jesus. We worship you and we praise your great name. Amen.